Welcome, 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 geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to another all-new edition of geek to me Radio. Today we are discussing Doctor Who, the Series 10, possible cast rumors for the next season, and more with our friends from the St. Louis Celestial Intervention. Close enough. We'll be right back. <laughs> Intervention Agency. It's okay. We're talking to you. So in addition to my speech therapy, which I obviously need, Joey, you'll have to remind me if we need to bring Andy in uh, within the next year, because in the theme song, it says there are 12 doctors. We're going to have a 13th doctor priest, and we'll have to update the theme song. So remind me to uh, bring Andy back in to re-sing that for us. And talking Doctor Who, we are here with the gentleman from the St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency. Got it right that time. And we're talking all things Doctor Who. Gentlemen, why don't you introduce yourselves to our listeners and tell us a little bit about uh, your... Expertise in Doctor Who. Uh, my name is Mike Dugan. I'm the president of the Celestial Intervention Agency. Uh, I've been on fans for oh, 35 years or so. Uh, I love the classic series. I love the new series. It's it's it's. I just love it. it's great. Hi, I uh, I'm Rob Levy. I write a Doctor Who blog called Doctor Hooligan for Anglotopia.net, which is a website all about everything England. Mm been doing that for a couple of years uh I'm a, I'm a member of the cia i used to be a, a board member uh of, of the organization used to be a president <laughs> yeah yeah i did didn't i yeah i forgot about, i forgot about, i was a president for, of, of that um and i do panels every year dragon con and uh, chicago tardis and a couple of their local conventions and then i also do some stuff for needcoffee.com with their podcasts and reviews and things like that outside of just dr who and I know I wasn't aware of this when you guys first told me the, the St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency. You said that's from an actual episode of Doctor Who, the classic series. So what uh, kind of give people a little background about that. Um, first, thing, first, I guess the easiest way that anyone will soon, everyone will know the entire history of Doctor Who in North America because there's a book called, coming out called Red, White, and Who. And I know Jennifer, who's in uh, our Doctor Who club, and me and some other folks have talked about how the CIA started in that book. And you'll be able to sort of – you will love it because then you'll learn the whole history of conventions and things in the country. But basically, Doogie, jump in when, uh, when I screw this up. Okay. We were formed in 1984. 83. This is why he's the president. <laughs> he's on it. Look at that. Um, by a, a woman named Laura Cairo and another woman named uh, Ramona Taylor. They, they founded the club. And I sort of he – he was there much earlier than me. I sort of got into it. I was in high school at the time. I got into it maybe six months in to a year in. And it was great because you could go to a meeting and there'd be six or seven hundred people there. Wow. You know, and it was a, it was a big deal because PBS here was running you know the Tom Baker episodes 
and then they got the Peter Davison package, and that was exciting. Uh, but I, would, I was going to meetings at the time where they were showing Peter Davison episodes. They aired in England, and then somebody would you know videotape them with a camera off the TV and send them <laughs> over. So we get oh we got this episode from England. You know it was like a big deal, and it was a big deal because you'd watch the episodes, and they had dealers there, and they had games and all kinds of really cool sort of stuff and the club just sort of took off and we did a couple conventions we did a few uh, things called tardis con and which which we had we had a bunch of people here for those in fact we kept people from blake seven and doctor who for that and then there was a, another convention we participated in called paradox which had patrick troughton and nicholas courtney mm. here oh i would love his name patrick. yeah and then we had um there was brits in space which was also here was another convention there's yeah. a lot of different conventions that have been through town and we've been a part of those throughout the years as as well but now we meet regularly and we you know talk about doctor who and the shows I and mean, we kind of expanded it a lot to british media because there was a very so almost a decade of no doctor who right so we had to, you know fortunately we had like red dwarf and things like that so we could talk about other british media and that sort of helped us develop our chops at talking about like movies and pop culture and sort of keep the spirit of I think that camaraderie of fandom alive, which I think is one of the things that makes our club sort of great, is that we, you know, we actually like talk about the. St- it's not just well on this episode, you know. It's it's really sort of organic and fun. I think that's the appeal of it. Um, oh, getting back to your question, the name of the episode <laughs> of Doctor Who is called the the Deadly Assassin, right, Mike? That's right. Yeah, uh, it's a Tom Baker episode, and there is a group called the Celestial Intervention Agency that is mentioned in that episode. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I like think it did. was a faction of the Time Lords that, that the the fourth that the Doctor was part of. It's like a it's sort of like a like a, the FBI or or like, or like MI six or something like okay. that, that 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 he was part of on Gallifrey. So and that that's what that was mentioned in the episode. So so the people that found the club, they said, well, let's call it, give it some kind of a name like that. And they thought somebody remembered Celestial Intervention Agency. So I said, that's that's what we're going to call it. So, and we'll mention it again later in the show. But remind people where they can find you guys online too. Okay, uh, we are we have a website. It's uh, www.stlcia.org.org, uh, and we also have a Facebook page. You go to Facebook and look up uh, STLCIA, or you just in the search box look up Doctor Who's St. Louis, or uh, and we'll cop we'll be like the first or second thing that pops up. So yeah. very good. And I know uh, you guys had me. You were very kind to invite me to your panel uh, that you just had at Wizard World, right. and you were packed. It was a very very good sized crowd there at your panel. And Rob, you were saying that you guys are probably the most well attended non Q and A panel yeah. at Wizard World, unless they have. They didn't have as many comic panels this year. So in the past, they've had panels with about comic books and things, and those have done pretty well, but the, or panels on the Avengers films or the CW shows. But because they didn't have much of that, it was a lot of, I think, us and falconing. Um, <laughs> I held the falcon. The falcon was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> usually we do well. We're, never, we're usually like, you guys are one of the most attended, but this year we were like, we, it was pretty cool. They... I think the key to a convention here is that you have to have a sort of an interesting swath of things to talk about programming wise. Mm. And I think with Doctor Who, people thought it was gone for nine months. It's not really going to be that interesting. But I don't I think they sort of underestimated the interest in it, the sort of ongoing interest in it. Uh, So I think that really helped. And. 
you know. It also helped that we were only like about two or three three weeks away from the series starting up. Yeah, then, yeah, so, that you know. really did help too. Yeah, and we had a ton of news. I mean, last year when we did the panel, we didn't know anything because there wasn't a ton of news coming out. This year there was a lot, mm. so that really helped. And the fact that you know you have a doctor leaving. There's always sort of whenever a doctor leaves and they cast a new doctor, there's always a whole ton of like rumor and innuendo and stuff like that. Around. So let's let's go ahead and start right there. I know they announced. Uh, I've, I have not seen it fully confirmed, but it's the redhead guy from Love Actually. Nothing uh, has been confirmed. You want no. to go ahead. Nothing has been confirmed yet. There's all kinds of rumors going around. Uh, the one that was going on for a while there and the fans were just up in arms about it was Chris Marshall from uh, Death that's, in Paradise. Yeah, that's the guy. But he's saying now, confirming he's not he's not been asked to do it. So now the the, the odd the best odds on are now now this guy named uh, Luke Treadway. He's done a couple of things over there. Yeah, he's I in Fortitude with Fortitude, Christopher Eccleston yeah. and yeah. Michael Gamba. Right. And then uh, Sasha Darwan. Sasha, yeah, he who, played. Uh, uh, he was in an Adventures in Space and Time. Yeah, he played. Uh, um, the, he played the first producer right, of Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, uh, Waris Hussein and uh, yeah. Adventures oh, okay. in Space yeah, and yeah. Time. Yeah, yeah. He also was in the very short-lived. American TV series that I was the only person that seemed to have watched called Outsourced. I love that show. He was in Outsourced. Okay, I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I was trying to think. I'm like, okay, um, I think I know who it is. Also, but yeah, as soon as you said Outsourced. He's also been in 24. He showed up in uh, a couple of the Netflix. He's in Iron Fist, and I think he showed up in an episode of Daredevil as well. But and then this week the new rumor is Richard Aote from IT Crowd. Yeah, uh, that is that is the another. So it, it's interesting. Now the Chris Marshall rumor sort of happened because he had he had a show called Death in Paradise, right? Right, and he announced he was leaving, sort of almost to the day that Chris that uh, Peter Capaldi announced he was leaving Doctor Who, and they've replaced they've replaced um, Chris Marshall on Death in Paradise with Ardell O'Hanlon, who was in Doctor Who and. And also in Father Ted and some other stuff. So Marshall's like available now, right? Right. So the, the press put that together and it just sort of steamrolled, right? And it may very well be the fact that he is or isn't the new doctor. Everyone's quick to say, oh, he's not going to be it. He's not going to be it. Except when Matt Smith left, almost everybody said Peter Capaldi's going to be the new doctor. And we're like, oh, no, he's not. That's just a rumor. No, 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 no. And then lo and behold, at the end of it, oh, look. It's Peter Capaldi. Well, I got to say, the BBC deserves credit for being able to keep a lid on these things, especially in this age of social media and everything else like that. So good for them. We're going to take our first break of the hour. We'll be back talking with Mike and Rob from the St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency right after this. Stand by. Hello, my name is Sylvester McCoy. I want you to listen to Geek to Me Radio. Otherwise, if you don't, I'll cry. Sylvester McCoy, the seventh doctor. Uh, I got to meet him at uh, Geekonomic Con in Oklahoma, and I also got to meet him at in Dallas over Marvelous Nerd Year's Eve, and he's just a fantastic individual. I oh, yeah. have to say that I... I've gotten to know Sylvester a little bit from doing a bunch of his panels, and he is one of the most amazingly fun and hilarious people in the world. And if he ever calls you on the phone, he calls you with that voice, and you just, like, you want to giggle. Because <laughs> he called once because he was running late for a panel. And, you know, that proper British, I'm running late for my panel. 
But he like the, just the way he rolls the letters with the guy. You're just like, oh my god, this is so scary. I'm talking. Yeah, he is just great. When you saw him, did he do the thing where he goes into the audience? He did not. The stage was pretty high up, and he okay. stayed there and played the spoons. Okay. Uh, for everybody and uh, Daphne Ashbrook, who was yeah. the Eighth Doctor's companion, was right. also there, and uh, she had a she sang and he accompanied her on the spoon. Ah. It was yeah. quite quite a bit of fun, and uh, yeah, actually, uh, for those of you listening right now, uh, the first night, first Fridays, I think they're called first yeah. Fridays, Fridays yeah. at the St. Louis Science Center, uh, right. they are doing a Doctor Who event, and they're looking to get an actual doctor. Yeah. I talked to Sylvester McCoy's agent and he'd be available, but it'd be pricey to get him here. So if you're listening right now, you might want to call the yeah. St. Louis science center and let them know, Hey, we'd love to get him. And they might, you know, if you small contribution yeah. uh, to get something like that going, it'd be cool to have Sylvester McCoy come right here to St. Louis. Yeah. yeah he's, he's great. I've had his panels at, at dragon con and you do the panel and he just gets up and goes into the audience to start to, then he comes back. And then he started playing spoons on my head once, <laughs> and I didn't know it was coming. And um, he is just this ball of energy that is fan friendly. And each of the doctors who, who who do the conventions are all interesting and entertaining, but Sylvester is sort of the one that's sort of like the unique experience of it, you know. Yeah. And I know if you want to, uh, if you go to my YouTube page, if you go to yes. geekmeradio.com and click on the YouTube link, you'll see a series of videos. And you can actually see Sylvester McCoy strangling me because I yep. accidentally called him Paul McGann. I saw that. So yeah. I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> but uh, he's a fantastically fun guy. And I've also got an interview with Paul McGann on there as well. So geek2meradio.com. Yeah. Click on the YouTube link and uh, happy to have you check those out. Also, we were talking during the, uh, before the break about the Red, White, and Who. And I just found the Facebook page. If you want to go and like their page as well, facebook.com slash Red, White, and Who. Uh, you can check out the book. And you guys said it was due out in July. I believe so. They will know more than we do. Right. But like uh, Jennifer from our club talked to them. I did. And then Laura Cairo, I think, talked to them as well. Um, and founder the, of the club. The founder, yeah. One of the founders of the club. Yeah. Uh, yeah that, as far as I know, that's sort of the St. Louis connection with it. But St. Louis is interesting with Doctor Who because we were the first PBS station to run the Hartnell Troughton package. Mm. We were also, I think, the first ones to get the McCoy package as well. I mean, it was huge here. We used to do... PBS pledge drive breaks where they'd come on the air and we'd be the people we'd be the annoying people and they stopped the episode <laughs> that would talk to you. Right. That used to be us. Um, and th- those things were so fun. Oh, Did yeah. you guys get to go to the Fathom events? They had the uh, the yeah we, reconstruction uh, of the second Doctor's episode, yeah. his first regeneration. Uh, the local AMC theaters, uh, a couple of them uh, had us uh, come and host the uh, the pre show before they before they they showed them. We had we came on there and did a trivia contest and told them about the club and everything like that and gave away some prizes and things like that. So it was yeah we we've, we've had a good association with that and yeah we do fathom events you know quite often but yeah, yeah. it was kind of cool to see. I thought they would because I think that one had like two of the episodes were still intact and the other they just had the audio so I thought it'd be a oh, yeah. splice of animation and actual mm-hmm. real life footage but they just went animation which was fine. I mean yeah, there's nothing left from that episode. Oh at okay, all. I thought they had at least one or two. No. There are, there's Underwater Menace, which came out, yeah. that had two episodes that they found, and they animated the other two. Power of the Daleks, they sort of, they knew it was going to tie in a lot with some of the other things that were coming up with Doctor Who. And it's the 50th anniversary of Patrick Trotton being the Doctor. It's like, let's do an entire animated episode and see what happens. And I think it, I think it was great. Yeah. It worked out really well. The DVD for it's great. The extras, and you can see it in color or in black well, and white. I got it on DVD. I'll have to go out and buy that today. And the thing that's, that's I found it at Costco. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check. I'll check Sam's. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the thing that's interesting about it is I think that 
they're sort of beginning to realize in BBC America land that there is a market for classic Doctor Who. Because at first when the new series came, it was always new series, new series, new series, the old stuff. Eh. But now there's sort of this rolling interest in both the audios mm. in America, oh, the yeah. big finish audios, and the classic Who. There's sort of more of an interest in it. And I think that you know they try to cast the Doctor on the TV show to be younger and more... Um, relatable to a younger audience, you know, for the um, more action oriented, more uh, yeah, you right, know, for the hot dynamic, topic kids. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but then they're realizing that there's actually, in fact, a very hardcore, serious science fiction element to it that likes it, and it's an interesting study in you know demographics and marketing. Yeah, with that as well too. Because yeah, I know there's really not a set demographic like this is the kind of person that's male under the age of this that likes. I mean, I, Doctor Who people are just all across the sex, gender, race, age. It plays in I don't know how many countries around the world. Yeah, so it's because really, there's a lot of a lot of fans that are classic of uh, the classic show that are like you know up there and they they still watch the show. So and it relates to their their kids, their grandkids, you know. So they can it's something they can all watch together. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things too, Mike's noticed with, with the club is we have people that are roughly our age. We have more people coming with kids now to meetings, hmm. right? And younger yeah, people right. coming to meetings. So it used to be our club for a while was kind of like older, more boring people, kind of like us. <laughs> and we've gotten, we've gotten with the new show coming, there's obviously been a bounce in membership. Yeah. But we've also gotten, I think, younger, right? With, with the number of people coming to our meetings? Yeah, we're getting some more, more people that are under uh, 21 under crowd, yeah. And remind people again, if they want to come to the meetings or whatnot, uh, where to find you online and where the meetings are. Okay, uh, website is www.stlcia.org, O-R-G, or uh, go on Facebook and look up Dr. Who's St. Louis in the search box, or or facebook.com slash STLCIA, and you can find us there and like us, and we'll have information where we have another meeting or event going on. And yeah, if you're listening right now, if you're, if you're uh, streaming us online, or if you're listening on the app, or if, uh, through the website, if you want to call in, uh, happy to listen to what you have to say about the current series or yeah. just Doctor Who in general, 855-770-1260. If you'd like to call in toll-free and uh, give us your thoughts on Doctor Who as well. Yeah, we generally meet at the Booter branch of the St. Louis Public Library. It's centered, so it's equidistant because for the longest time when we used to do it, that we'd move all over the place. Mm. And it was great, you know, one meeting you're in North County, one meeting you're in, you know, Metro East or wherever. But I think now having it be in one place, people are sort of used to this is where it always yeah. is. That's yeah. a lot easier to explain that. So we're at the Booter Library all the time, and they're great, and they're nice. And we also do, you know, the conventions and events. We have our picnic coming up as well, I believe. And yeah. then we've got a couple other things. Yeah. All, what is the picnic uh, uh Picnic, we have it at Tower Grove Park. Uh, I think it's, this year it's on Saturday, June 3rd. From like noon until whenever it starts to break up, probably about seven o'clock, something like that. But anyway, uh, we get together, have a little barbecue, a little you know picnic type thing, and under shelter and everything, and uh, have Very a little much fun. A just, just 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 hanging out and not doing the usual meeting things is, is great because everybody just gets to just. So talk is the picnic and, is it B Y O F F A C? Bring yeah. your own fish fingers and custard? Yes. yes. It is. Okay. Exactly. Well, <laughs> or bring your own jelly babies. Yeah, exactly. B-Y-O-J-B. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we tend to have them be family friendly. So if you want to bring the kids, you know, too. Yeah. And, and the, cosplay is encouraged. We have sure. some people that cosplay sometimes when yeah. they play. And they, we, you know, I think we have entertainment. Sometimes we have somebody come and perform or something. Mm -hmm. um, once in a while. A couple of years. 
we have you know with the thing with the thing with the picnic it's kind of nice cuz it doesn't have that open structure of a meeting we can just sort of visit and catch up and sort of just hang out which is just kind of nice cuz we don't get to do you know or if we have a meeting we've got three and a half minutes and we have to talk about this episode of class and this episode of this and that and it's very freeing and it is in a pavilion which is great in case it rains and also because generally um, Hoovians do, don't necessarily do well in sun. <laughs> <laughs> We're all a pale lot, that's true. Yeah. But if you want to learn more about the picnic, obviously you can follow these guys on their Facebook page It'll at be on uh, the Dr. Facebook Who's page, yes. St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be back once again. If you want to call in with any Dr. Who questions or comments, 855-770-1260, toll-free from anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Paul McGann, the Eighth Doctor. You're listening to Geek to Me Radio, and we are back, joined by Mike and Rob from the St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency. And the show itself is brought to you by Historic St. Charles. HistoricStCharles.com. If you go to the website, you can check out all the things that are going on there. Uh, they've got an events calendar happening. For example, this weekend at the historic Daniel Boone Home in Lindenwood Park. They've got the Daniel Boone Homebrew Festival. That is on the 20th. So that would be actually my, that's today? Yes, that's today. <laughs> I was thinking it was the 19th. It's the 20th, so that's today. You can check them out. The address is 1868 Highway F in Defiance, Missouri. And there's all sorts of other things going on. The Historic Children's Festival. Or now that it's not raining at this particular point in time, you might want to head out, take your dog for a walk, go down the Katy Trail, visit Frontier Park. And of course, if you're looking for someplace to eat, Historic Main Street's got a ton of fantastic places you can stop in and eat there. Uh, the Vine Restaurant, they got some great wine selections, nice tapas entrees you can have and things like that. No bad place to eat, really. You can check them out, plan your entire trip and more. I know Christmas traditions, they've already started planning for that. It goes on every year in Historic St. Charles. Check them out. The website, once again, historicstcharles.com and follow them on Twitter, Discover STC, for more information. So we are talking about all things Doctor Who, and we mentioned uh, during the break that we were talking a little bit about, about class, and I wasn't wowed. Uh, it was okay, but the second season still limbo, you were saying. Uh, lat, uh, what I've heard recently, they said it has not been canceled yet, so okay. so I, they think there there's a chance it may still be aired because they, they're, they're kind of like... They're kind of like changing the way they're kind of putting it out there because like this time around, they put it out on bbc3 before they put it on bbc1 hmm. and they also put it online before they put it on bbc3 so people could uh, people all over the world could check it out but uh you know it's kind of got like a lot of like a so-so response but but it they're kind of waiting to see if it if it's if it gets better or anything like that but if it if it's getting at least as good as ratings as sarah jane adventures got i mean they'll, they'll probably keep it going because yeah. yeah they want a spinoff series of some type yeah well, I also think, too, that one of the things that class did was we have an older doctor. We've got to have something for the kids. So they made class for, like, a younger audience. Mm. Yeah. And now that the doctor is probably going to be younger, they may go, we don't really need the spinoff show because that younger, you know, the, the Doctor Who tots sort of crowd will migrate to the main show. And then they've talked about doing 
there's all kinds of stuff they talk about doing. They've, they've talked about doing a Podnoster gang. I would like that with Vastra and Strax, and I would Jenny, I yeah. would love that. I think that you know, but again, Moffat and Gaddis are very busy. What can they do? Give with it somebody their time. else besides Moffat. Yeah, you know. yeah, <laughs> with their time. But no, I just you know you have to work around that. I know Chris Chibnall's coming on as the new uh, showrunner, starting with next series, and he's going to get his own doctor. And they they did they confirm that Bill will not be back for series eleven. Has that been confirmed? Because I like Bill. I, I wish she would stay on. I think Bill's great. She is, I, I believe, signed on for one season. With, I, I think the general idea is that it is one season, but I think that she has been so universally well-received. I think all bets are off the table at this point. I saw something last night online saying that she was on a, she was on a show over there called This Morning. Yeah. Where she was interviewed, and she said, they, they asked her if she was coming back for next season. They said She said, I don't know at this point you would have to ask the showrunner and, and all the other people involved in that kind of decision, but she doesn't know for sure yet. But yeah, Because she has been so well. I, I've not seen anything bad about, because uh, I, I was live tweeting the first episode yeah. when it came back for Series 10, and everybody seemed to really like her. She's fantastically gracious and very active on Twitter herself yeah. and everything like that. And I know it's not unheard of to obviously keep a companion when the Doctor changes, yeah. but also kind of like when... Uh, RTD. No, left, I, I've completely it? lost the guy. Uh, Moffat. When Moffat took over, yeah, he wanted yeah. his own doctor, his own companion. So he started fresh. Eleventh Doctor, Amy Smith or uh, yeah. Amy Pond. Amy Pond. Yeah. So I, it could go either way, I guess. Historically, in British television, when a producer of one series leaves and a new one comes in, they sort of get a whole new crew in, you mm-hmm. know. And we're going to have a whole new doctor coming in, so they're probably going to. It's probably going to completely wash the whole thing. We'll probably get a new theme song. We'll probably get a new TARDIS set. We'll probably get a new actor as the Doctor. Most likely, we're going to have a new companion because I believe they went about the mindset of the season as that as Bill and Nardole only being on for the season. I, I haven't seen mm. anything else yet saying they're sticking around. They haven't filmed the Christmas special yet. Everything else is done except the Christmas special, and it's interesting that they're not talking about is Bill in the Christmas special, mm. which is interesting. Um, you're just hearing about Capaldi in the Christmas special, so. No one really knows. It's kind of a fascinatingly interesting little quirk to what's going on. Hmm. So yeah. if they, they don't uh, introduce the new companion, the Christmas special, I would assume that they'd, want, again, want to start fresh yeah. in Series 11. So my, my, my theory is, you know, if you keep seeing Bill every week, you're okay. But if she's suddenly gone, you're like, if she leaves, you know, runs off with somebody, gets turned into a tomato or, like, <laughs> you know, dies, then, okay, they're not in the next season. You know, I, I think that... We will definitively, I think, know by the end of probably November what the lineup's going to look like for the next show. We may even know in a week or two weeks at this point, too. I mean, who knows? Um, I, I get the impression they're building to something, and it's not necessarily going to be pretty. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if she only stays on a season, which I think, though, and, I, and James, you can jump in on this. I think they sort of are completely caught off guard by how popular Bill is. I believe so, yeah. Because yeah. it's, like I said, everything I've seen online, it's just been, wow. The reaction's been incredible. And she's uh, bubbly. She's almost, I don't want to say the anti-Jenna Coleman, but it was such a, a breath of fresh air, I think, to get Bill because so many people were displeased with Clara's character. Toward the end, especially. Well, Claire kept getting rewritten as a different character every season. And I think it was really hard for people to sort of develop a relationship with Claire that they did uh, with, say, Rose, who fundamentally was basically the same character all the way through. And 
or Amy Pond. You know, you sort of have a beginning, a middle, and an end for them, and you have something that connects. Whereas you've got a bit of a jub, a j- bit of a jumble when she when Clara Oswald came in. But now we have Bill, and I she's Bill's great. young. She's a student. She, she a lot a lot a lot more of the audience can identify to her yeah. than they could to Clara. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true too. But I think Nardole's been great too. I think Matt Lucas sort of stealing it very silently under the radar as uh, Nardole has just been been a hoot i yeah. think he's been fun and yeah. trying to get that that dynamic of like a doctor and two companions to work is really hard oh yeah yeah Ro- I, rory and amy found a nice balance with uh, yeah. matt smith but yeah i think i, I like the the nardle kind of the mother hen to 12th doctor yeah um it, it's kind of a neat dynamic to see it's and like if, the doctor doesn't have a conscience and nardle is his conscience <laughs> right so if when uh, when we come back from break we're going to talk and if you're not caught up with doctor who we might have as river song would say a few spoilers for you but uh, check us out, and if you want to comment, once again, toll-free lines, 855-770-1260. We'll be right back after this. Hello, this is Catherine Tate. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. Donna Noble is listening to geek to me Radio. Donna Noble has been saved. And that was the always delightful Catherine Tate. If you're a fan of, uh, she's my favorite companion, I will say. Yeah. Um, that was obviously from the Silence in the Library episode, uh, which was one of my favorite, I think, all time of the new Who uh, that that episode they had with Silence <laughs> in the Library and uh, Forest of the Dead. It was also in Planet of the Ood. That's right, yes. Yeah, because yeah, we watched that episode a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's uh, she's uh, <laughs> very – a lot of people – I've heard some people like, oh, I can't stand her because she was so brash and abrupt. Oh, but she's I'm great. Not, I wasn't You're a not big, a fan? I'm not a real big down and old fan. I can tolerate her, but I'm not that crazy about her. You know? Well, I think she's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, fantastic. I think she's one of my – I'd love to see her as kind of irascible as she is with the 12th Doctor at some point, but obviously it's not going to happen. What I love about Donna Noble is that at the time that she was on the show, you know, we had Rose, who was great, and they had Martha, who, again, they didn't write for very well. Yeah. And then you've got Donna Noble, who, as an actress, Catherine Tate can pretty much hold her own with anybody. But with the, the way Tennant just goes, because of her improv comedy background, mm-hmm. she could sort of keep pace with them. And that dynamic was so different by her not being all gaga, you know, fanboy for the doctor right. and having that sort of brassy sort of thing going on. It really made an interesting run for the Tennant doctor, which I thought was really really nice yeah i know uh interviewed paul mcgann and he said he was not a fan of the whole romance with uh you know how rose and the doctor and then martha had a crush on the doctors and he was not a fan of that yeah. at all he said it shouldn't be he loved it when peter capaldi came in and said look i'm not your boyfriend uh mm-hmm. told clara this is the end of that kind of relationship and that was he enjoyed that so it's kind of an interesting take and i love that donna they'd always have that dynamic are you two together oh no no we're, we're not no no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the great Running comedy bit to that whole season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that that bit with her story when she came back, where they both recognize each other and they're talking across the glass, and it's all pantomime. Yeah. for maybe two minutes. That is some like seriously golden television. Because, oh yeah. You know, she's like, I recognize, I recognize. You know, and they're like, it was just like they're not talking. It was like, <laughs> okay, this is going to be great. Now I think i understand where people take issue with donna because i think that storyline with her sort of went out a little longer than it needed to with her memory being wiped and it's sort of a tragedy and 
the tenant era is mostly upbeat, and then it, when she comes on, it kind of starts turning a little darker. So I think that's a little different for some folks for the new, sh- new series. But I also think that she um, sort of brought more of the real world and the real world baggage into the TARDIS. And, you know, it was sort of a, a fantasy soap opera at that point, and mm. I think she turned it into something else completely different. Yeah, I, I think... Uh there were some fun episodes. Uh, the Wasp and the Unicorn, I think, was was great fun. That was uh, kind yeah. of upbeat and kind of they tied it in with the real world yeah. with uh, the uh, why can't I think of his name? The author who's uh, Agatha Christie. Thank you, Agatha Christie. and Felicity Jones is in that one. From that's Rogue, right. From that's Rogue right. One. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. One of a long list of people who have gotten their start in Doctor Who. I know I was watching, uh, I, I'm a fan of the show Lucifer on Fox. I'm watching that and I, I was going back and watching the Martha Jones a uh, couple episodes of that a couple nights ago. I'm like, oh. The actor Tom Ellis is in that episode where she, you know, travels the world. Uh, mm-hmm. In the with the ma- the master comes back, so yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's always neat to see people. Oh yeah, that person's in Doctor yeah. Who. Kind yeah. of a cool thing. Yeah. Same thing with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Spider Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The episode with the Daleks in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I know um, we've got Dragon Con coming up. And yes. you guys were saying there might be some Doctor Who people there? They have Dragon Con has Matt Smith and uh, Karen Gillan. I think Karen Gillan pretty much now is anchored in Atlanta because, well, because uh, of the Guardians movie. Right, yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm not sure if I think for this she's coming in, but I, I'm sure while they're, while they're filming Galaxy, she's down there a lot. And then they've also got Billy Piper coming. So those are their three big sort of announced two guests. But they have, you know bunch of other folks coming in there's a really cool bbc prop master that comes every year uh named robert Alsop, who's really interesting and mm. talks about like the prop work for the show and, and behind the scenes stuff with that and then they do panels on almost anything you can possibly imagine mm. at that at that thing that's one of the things that because that's almost like a week-long convention they almost need it because some of the times you want to go to the panels and you want to see the guests and you want to get the photos yeah. and there's a lot to take in so I'm kind of impressed. This will be my first year at Dragon Con, so I'm kind of impressed yeah. uh, and a little nervous, too. Well, the, the couple interesting things about Dragon Con is they're doing um, memberships now. They're like a streaming membership. Mm. So if you miss something, you can go back later and watch it. And the other great thing, which I started doing last year, is I had a schedule of panels that were going to be broadcast on their Dragon Con TV, which is on all the hotels that are participating oh, in the con. It's like, oh, I could go to this particular panel and stand in line for five hours, or I could sit in my hotel room and just watch it, right? Yeah. Or That's I could, brilliant. or I'd be like, "Oh, James Install is doing a panel at two, but he's on at the same panel as you know the same time as the guy from the Flash or Arrow or whatever." But I know that this panel's repeating at a certain time, so I can go to this one and then catch the repeat. So there's lots of ways you can sort of make it work. But the interesting thing about Dragon Con with Doctor Who is that it's like. The British media track has sort of like just propelled itself on Doctor Who, and now we've got other things. Yeah. We've got Dirk Gently, and we've got a lot of the other, uh, you know, the prisoners turning 50 this year, and we've got all sorts of other, you know, there's British comedies, there's Monty Python, there's the young ones, there's all kinds of other things we can talk about. But Doctor Who has always sort of been the backbone of that. But the cosplay for the Doctor Who is huge, just the regular fan panels is huge. Um, they have a couple of people that come and do. There's authors that have written things on Doctor Who that come, and they do panels, and they do a panel like the audio series. It's just this thing that's blown up, and I can't think of outside of a regular Doctor Who convention any place that does as much Doctor Who programming. Yeah. And there's main programming, too. So, like, you might have Matt Smith doing a panel in the Brit Track panel, but then later he's doing a main programming panel as well. So they've got a lot of things in the air. And 
Billy Piper's great because she can do her panel on Doctor Who, but then she can also talk about Penny Dreadful. Penny Dreadful. Yeah. So, and they try, and Matt Smith can talk about other th- stuff he's done, and Karen Gillan can talk about, you know, a couple of. I'm sure she'll talk about The Circle, <laughs> right? <laughs> her highly successful film, The Circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame because that Tom Hanks, I had such high hopes for that one. Yeah. Boy, that was terrible. Um, <laughs> but so that that's coming, and then. There's Gallifrey, which is in February, which is the largest sort of convention in North America for Doctor Who that combines old guests and new guests. They haven't announced their list yet. That thing sells out in like 20 minutes. Mm. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go online and get tickets, but really, not really. you know. And I'm like, oh, wow, I actually got tickets. So, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's that. I mean, that's really hard to get to because they cap the attendance. Mm. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. some of these are out of control. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there's Chicago TARDIS, which is Thanksgiving weekend which is in uh, Lombard, Illinois. That's a lot of fun. They do great stuff. There's Long Island Who. That's the other big Doctor Who convention. And then they just had one that you should check out, too, called Hulanta, which uh, had... It they used had, to be the TimeGate convention, but now they changed it to Hulanta. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they had Colin Baker this year and Camille Corderi, and they do that every year in Atlanta, and that's a strictly Doctor Who convention, and that's really built up a nice little following as well. So those are kind of an overview of the big Doctor Who conventions that are around. And then, you know, you mentioned a couple you went to that are sort of general pop culture conventions, but they have Who guests. As right, well. yeah. Planet Comic Con had John yeah. Barrowman and Billy Piper and Catherine Tate uh, all attending that one. Yeah. Um, the Marvelous New Year's Eve had uh, Seventh Doctor there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Doctor Who is always a draw no matter what convention it's at because we talked about that earlier. Whovians are pretty much everywhere. <laughs> Which is interesting because before the new show came back, not you so had much. to drag these guys kicking and screaming. Right. You know, nobody, oh, I'm going to do a Doctor Who panel. Well, will anybody come? You know, it was like crickets in the room. <laughs> For our club, you know, those nine years when we didn't have Doctor Who on, that was a real struggle to sort of keep the club going, you know, because we had the Virgin books, like the new Virgin Adventures. And, you know, you can show new epi- old episodes and stuff and talk about it, but it was really hard to keep that going. And I think... The conventions at that, t- that time, that was the, the sort of rise of the creation con. The, the Trek, you know, next-gen DS9 mm. conventions and some of the other stuff was really taking off, but they never booked any Who guests. Mm. And then the new series came in, and it's gangbusters now. I mean, it's... Very true, yeah. And we are going to uh, go to a break. We'll come back with our final segment, talking with our friends Mike and Rob from the Celestial Intervention Agency right after this. Great Hera, may the force be with you. This is Susan Eisenberg, voiceover actress, and you are listening to Geek to Me Radio. And very excited that Susan Eisenberg will be back on the show with us next Saturday. She'll be joining us to talk about Injustice 2 that just dropped here uh, last week. Fantastic game. I'm seeing great results on that. She couldn't talk about it last time she was on the air with us because it hadn't come out yet. So she graciously agreed to come back. And we'll be catching up with her also at Denver Comic Con, June 30th through July 2nd. I'll be broadcasting the show live from that convention. They're reuniting the Justice League. Everyone except Carl Lumley, unfortunately, who voiced Martian Manhunter. He has a scheduling conflict and could not attend the con. And also, I will be at MegaCon Orlando next weekend broadcasting the show live from there. Susan will call in. Joey will have me through Skype. And radio magic happens. I want to also mention uh, Patreon. If you guys are looking for ways to support this radio show, geek to me Radio, if you're a fan, you can head to Patreon and find me there. I'm going to tweet the link right after the show. 
You can head there, get some uh, goodies, some exclusives, and things like that that I'm offering for different levels of interest in the show, and you can pick which level you'd like. And other than that, I want to thank my guests, Mike and Rob, from the St. Louis Celestial Intervention Agency, talking all things Doctor Who. Very quickly, you want to give a uh, your opinions on season, uh, Series 10 so far? Uh, I think it's great. Uh, the pilot was a little weak, but then, yeah, usually the first episode is, but but everything after that's been, been hit after hit so far. I mean, I really liked... I really like Thin Ice, and I really liked uh, Knock Knock. So yeah, Knock Knock yeah. was probably my favorite so far. Yeah. Rob, what about you? I think it's you know I didn't I wasn't the biggest fan of Smile, but I did like how it felt like an older series episode. I think I've really liked the thing the most about it is how it's felt like the classic series. Mm-hmm. I am going to cry like a small child when Peter Capaldi leaves because you I won't be think, alone. Yeah, I think I just think he's been great. Uh, we talked about Bill and how amazing she is. The dynamic that they've established with the cast in such a short amount of time and the buildup and the pacing for once in the Moffat era, sort of the pacing has been right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in I'll terms agree. of like, you know, we're not getting bogged down with all this extraneous stuff. And that may be coming later down the road as we as we do this. We're in episode, I think, six. Um, and we're going to get a three story sort of arc. And then we get the fall after that. So. So quickly, who do you think be, is behind that door, the vault? Who do you think is behind that? I'm thinking it's probably the master. That was my yeah. thought. Yeah. I mean, it makes the most sense. We ha- Probably the sim master. I would have thought it might be Susan, except when, you know, she, when... Uh, Nardo? No, Pearl Mackey was talking. Oh, Pearl Mackey. Okay. She's like, it might be the doctor's granddaughter. So I'm thinking it, it might be, you know, this, the general school of thought, it's either his granddaughter, it's either uh, the master, the John Sim master, or it very possibly could be... Um, Something else. Now, what was the other one I heard? It was fascinating. But, though, yeah, I think that's pretty much, you know, the Johnson. Oh, River Song. That was the other. That's the other ah. thing that I've heard. But I don't necessarily bear too much credence in that. But uh, the Johnson master would be interesting because that could tie into Gallifrey because you don't see him sort of after the tenant regeneration. It's right. Yeah. Similar yeah. to the TV movie. Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. And uh, BBC America, you can watch Doctor Who new episode tonight and thank you once again to mike and rob from the st louis celestial intervention agency you can find them on twitter i'm sorry on facebook doctor who st louis and they'll find you there thanks so much for joining us Thank you, Gallifrey. Allons-y!